This is MC Fireside Chats, a weekly show devoted to the outdoor hospitality industry, hosted by Brian Searle and Kara Sismadia. You'll hear from special guests that focus on topics to help your business succeed, all backed by Modern Campground, the most innovative news source in the industry. Hey, everybody. How are you doing? Welcome to another episode of MC Fireside Chats. My name is Brian Searle with Insider Perks and Modern Campground with my giant campfire behind me in my Christmas tree. I'm getting a little bit into the Christmas spirit here, trying to anyway. I'm here, as always, with Karis Ismadia from the Canadian Camping and RV Council and Angela Hilton, the editor-in-chief of Modern Campground. So we're going to do a couple things today. We've got a park manager on here is going to talk a little bit about some of the Christmas festivities that goes on at uh, their campground that they've planned here. We've got uh, another park owner is going to talk about some of the expansion that they've done throughout the year. Then we're going to dive into some of the different things that happened in 2021, kind of a year in review type deal. So super excited to get this going here. As a reminder, if you have comments, if you want to jump in on the discussion, if you're following us on one of the Facebook pages, you can comment. We put your chat up on the screen. We can't pull those in from groups, but we'll pay attention to those and try to monitor those throughout the show. And then we are also available as a podcast to listen to later on Google, Facebook, Spotify, those kinds of places. What do we want to start with, Angela? Oh, why don't we go ahead and let our guests introduce themselves um, and then we can dive in. And Janie, if you're okay with it, we'll start with you with talking about your property. But why don't we have both of them introduce themselves? Hi. Hi, everybody. I'm Janie Romine. I'm in Oklahoma with Marvell Resort. We are actually in the middle. It's the last weekend of our Christmas festival. And I think that's why we're here to talk about. It's been exciting, fun, and a big change for us. Awesome. Welcome, Janie. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, I am Caitlin Anderson. I am in Michigan. We own Kibbe Creek Campground. I am one of seven owners. We own it together as a family. We're a multi-generational family and we we run the place together. We live here together and our season is April 15th to October 15th. So we've been closed for a little bit, but we have an expansion going on. So we've got a lot that we're working on with that right now in our off season. So exciting. What do you want to start with, Angela? Why don't we go ahead and start our two amazing guests? So I feel like you should (laughs) kind of guide the direction here. I would love to um, hear from Janie. So a little bit of, and I won't do justice what she has to share, but just a little bit of background. Janie works with a property and they've implemented a new, a new event this year. And so I would just love to hear more about what that event is, how you guys have gone about facilitating that, what to include, and then also what you've seen in terms of occupancy and the kind of the, the feedback you've gotten from guests. It has been a great asset to our park. Normally in December, we don't see anybody. We don't see anybody for days. And all of a sudden we come up with this great idea. Let's, we have a big, a big festival type thing in October with Halloween. So. That brings in, even past our normal time, we're working through till October. And then I got to thinking, we'll just mimic and mirror what we do in October 
and we'll try it for Christmas. We did the first three weekends, of course, because Christmas falls on the uh, a weekend. So I thought we'll do it the first three, and it has been wonderful. We um, started when I first started. I thought, oh, we'll decorate the park and lights, and we'll have a drive-through, and we'll start there. And then it just started building from there. And in October, we do a magic pumpkin where the kids buy pumpkin seed. And then they go down, they ride a hay, a little hayride down to the pumpkin patch, and then they come back, and there's a pumpkin there. So we did that same um, concept with a Christmas tree. We got an idea out of a Christmas tree farm out of California. They sent us the trees, and we sold seeds, and um, it's called the Living Christmas Tree. They're really nice, and this is what they get when they come with the seed. Wow. So cool. And they get it in a little tube. So the kids go and plant their seed and then they get this little tree and it's a live Christmas tree. And that has been so fun. I bet. That is one activity we do. We have a hot cocoa bar. We have Santa. We have the Grinch. We have Elsa. We have painting ceramics. We just, you know what? We just are trying to keep up with the times and what appeals to the customers. And I will tell you, like the, the live tree, just to, just before you go on, the live tree really appeals to me. Like I intended to get a live tree. I have a fake one behind me now, but I intended to get a live one. I just didn't have enough time to go cut it down. But I think there's some nostalgia there that's missing that you're bringing back by doing that. And not only the kids, the adults, the, the parents are, we, they get to, they get to take it home, plant their own tree. And that just makes it, it's a whole nother level. To the fun. And we also, like I said, we're trying to just keep up with the times and do different fun things. I have different ideas for next year. We'll just keep growing. So now, are there, you guys decorate the, because we do the magic pumpkin seeds too. And then, but ours, instead of like a trip around, they do, they get their pumpkin seeds Friday night and then they come pick them up Saturday morning and we decorate. But that would be so much fun to have little ornaments or something to decorate their Christmas trees the next day or something. Yeah, that it, you know what that is, we do it like nine, we do nine to 11 and then they come back in the afternoon and pick their, we do it all the same day. We usually have a big days on Saturdays and, okay. um, and then that evening is when we'll have pictures with Santa. We have a train, a small train here. So we do like train rides. We put lights all over the train, do train rides around the park. And that, that's another big hit. We, the, like I said, we're just trying to appeal to customers, make it a little Christmas town because when you go and drive through lights, which I did that with my children and people do that, you know, you just drive through lights, but now we're just, we're offering activities. You can drive through lights. We also give hot chocolate to do that. So it's just really fun. It's a lot of different things we're trying to offer. Yeah. And something um, you and I were discussing. Um, yesterday too, there's such a desire for fun family activities that are relatively low cost. If it's something that's open to the public that they can come through and enjoy, or if yeah. they're staying on the property as well, um, maybe that's an experiential Christmas gift ahead of Christmas for a family yeah. to do together. But there's such a hunger for these fun family activities in the winter, especially in colder states where there isn't really a ton to do outside. It's really nice that you guys have that to be able to offer. What are some things that maybe you've done this year that you thought would be a, a huge hit and maybe they didn't work out so well and you probably won't try it next year? I don't know if 
I'll tell you this, the thing I learned this year, I will probably do it again this year, but I had no idea. I thought my dream was, okay, I'm going to deck my park out in lights. We'll have a drive-through and that will be, we'll charge for that and we'll go. We got into it and with the amount of lights, we have a lot of trees here. We're, my campground is down in the middle of use tree, almost trees touching. And we got just the front done and that and we were, I was like, we're not able to decorate the whole park. Let's just, so we've got the front this year, just the front done with the main two buildings, the activity building, and then the, what we call the reunion hall where Santa is. We just made the front area, the focus. But like I said, I learned real quick. I wasn't decorating the whole park. <laughs> I have a, I do have a question, Janie, because I've been to, I've been to your property before. Yeah. Um, because we currently do marketing for you, and I've been work, I worked for the previous owner for years and years. Awesome. Is the, is the giant fish still there and decorated? The here? giant fish actually has reindeer ears and a reindeer <laughs> nose. So yes, it's here, and it is decked out for Christmas as well. That's fabulous. That's awesome. I love yeah. that. And that what is? I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. And to your point of getting into it, you think you have all like these thousands of lights and then you get going with them. You're like, ah, these didn't go as far as I thought they would. Yes. Um, I think that's one of those things when it's an inaugural event, I see that a lot with other things. There were drive-through events when I was a kid and every year they took proceeds and they would reinvest it. And so they would make it a point to highlight, a look at these new light displays or look at these new activities that we're offering and they just continue to build and grow each year, which I think is also part of the appeal to get people to come back because they can't say, oh, been there, seen that, done it before, and, right. you know, it's a one-time thing. So I think that's awesome. That's What's true. something that you didn't, that you didn't try this year, but you're really looking forward to trying next year? And I have to adjust the 2022 budgets for that, right? Oh my goodness. I, carriage rides, I want to mm -hmm. offer maybe a live carriage rides around the park because it's just, we're, we are actually back here in the country and just having a horse and carriage and, and looking at lights and even just having that experience, I think would be a plus. We, in October, we are booked, like there's people waiting to come to our October. So I also have seen people are here this year for our Christmas festival and they're like, we can never get into your October, so we're here for the Christmas. And that has worked out great because that will give them an, another experience maybe that they have been left out of. Yeah, absolutely. I We hear a lot of people that are looking for new ways to generate reservations and revenue for their property. What kind of an increase have you seen in both reservations, but also just activity on social media and things like that as you've been sharing the things that you've been doing? What kind of response have you gotten? I, I have gotten overwhelming. I really had no idea. I knew it would be popular. I thought, well, this first year, we'll just try it, see who we got. But we winterized some of our cabins for winter and we've had to open them back up. We've had to find ways to to make sure that they were ready for, for the winter when usually they're closed down. I think our increase was like 40, up to 42 to 45% when it was not, it was just, so we are, we're excited and we're also looking forward to next year to what we could bring, what could happen. I think each year, 
like I said, our October, our whole Halloween, we offer like a scary trail and the magic pumpkins. And so this just will go right in. We'll tail right in into Christmas. I think your park is very uniquely positioned to take advantage of it too. Again, having like, I've actually been there during the winter when it's super cold and the snow is all over the ground, but those cabins that are right by the river that have yes. that great view, but also yes. just because you're in Gore and I feel like on two hands, like the first being that this is the first year you've started it. And I don't feel, and again, I haven't researched this in depth, but there's a ton of major Christmas things that happen around Gore or really that 45 minute radius around your park. Because mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff like 10 Killer Dam is probably too closed and you know, for the season. Right. Like that. But then also as you grow this, right, year over year, I think there's an opportunity if you get big enough to bring people from Tulsa. That That is true. I've had a lady that is from up around the Tulsa area. And Tulsa used to have a big church up there, used to do what they called a dry gulch Christmas. And it's pretty much, they just turned it into a little Christmas town and they had a train and it is shut down. And she said, Janie, I can see this going into being one of Oklahoma's, you know, premier spots to go in the Christmas time, in Christmas time, because there's nothing in this area that offers that. And when she said that, I thought, Oh, and then after I'm seeing we're basically filling up what we, what we had here for the winter, I thought, oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, and you're right across the border too from, I can't, yes. I'm not geographically yes. inclined. Is it it's Illinois or is it Arkansas? It's, it's the Illinois river and it's, it's beautiful. It's nice down here. It's just so, you know, you, there's leaves and you just feel like you're just back in a nice little nestled in a warm little spot back here. The river you've got, but you're talking about being the, the destination in Oklahoma. Like you're right. You're not far from the border of, is it Arkansas no. or Illinois? It's Arkansas, no. right? Yeah. That, yeah. You're, yeah. We're not far from the Arkansas border. It's, it's what they call Oklahoma, Arkansas resort, yeah. but the Illinois river is what runs right by right. us. Yeah. But you can bring people like, I, I don't know how, I think Little Rock's too far, but my point is there's a whole empty space of Arkansas there. That definitely, De too, definitely. So. so do you do it now? We've talked about some of your family activities and obviously your family friendly park and focus on that stuff. Do you do anything for adults that's Christmassy? We have a, a ugly sweater contest. Yeah, the, that is fun. We've had the adults having fun. We actually had a family that was here last weekend. And they all came to take pictures with Santa and they all had their pajamas on and their pajamas. There was like a three, there was like a, a daughter, there was three sisters and then they had their kids. And so everybody had their pajamas on and they were, they wanted to be in the ugly Christmas uh, sweater contest with their silly pajamas. Like it, it's just endless. It's really a lot of fun. And our hot cocoa bar you could offer. That's another endless you could offer different toppings. We do. We have caramel. We have hot marshmallows, the sprinkles, different. And everybody is really loving that. And cookies. How come nobody ever messed like an eggnog making class and then you can have <laughs> mix in alcohol with it and all kinds of stuff? <laughs> That's got to be. Hey. That'd be a, like the, I see these and, and I say that kind of jokingly, right? Because obviously you're family friendly and people have to watch their kids. But I'm up here in Calgary and I was just on a trip to Seattle and I see these pop-up Christmas bars with lines out the door where they're charging double for some of these cocktails that are just Christmas spiced. It's no, crazy. That's funny. Yeah, I had some of my girls, they had some of the little camping younger, they had, they were trying to get their little snops and they were like, Janie, do you don't see us? This is the campers. We're going to gonna bike the hot chocolate. And I'm like, you girls. 
fucking trouble. Yeah. So I think for adult activities for Christmas, we, because we do weekly themed weeks or every week we have a theme. And so we do Christmas in July. It's definitely much smaller scale. But one of the things like for adult activities that we have found is super awesome. One is contests. So the ugly sweater contest is great. But we do crafts now for most of our theme weeks. So we have a local gal who she, that's what she does. She has a crafting business. And so she does canvas painting. We've done chunky knit blankets, that sort of thing. So we offer like a mommy craft during the time we have a kids activity so that like dad can take the kids to the activity and mom can come do something fun for herself. So this year we did a reversible sign that was like a snowman on one side and a scarecrow on another. And it like is so adults love it. I bet. Yeah, that's great. What about like a Christmas market, like partnering with your local people and having a European style Christmas market where vendors come in and they browse and shop? That's another idea that is amazing. Our our town, we were in the Christmas parade in our small town. They're not used to because in the summer we they'll tell us you dollar store, the restaurants, everything here is increased because of people coming here to come to Marvell. And they told us they're like what are you guys doing out there? Like we're having, like we're, we're doing a Christmas. And so they're starting to get the, even the local people are like, we're, well, let's check this out. Yeah. Do you have this event open to the public too, for people to come through the lights and participate in activities, even if they aren't staying? Yes. It, it's a um, day pass. You get a, okay. a $5 day pass and they can come and join in, in join with us, whatever they would like with the, they can even do the Christmas, the magic Christmas trees. Now, are you charging additional for the, there's the day pass. Are you charging additional for the activities throughout the day or is it you get to participate in all of it for the $5? There's just different. If you ride the train, that's, so that is, that's part of it. That's free. If you want to ride the train around the park, it just depends on which activity you want to do. Like the ceramics, it's, it's another charge. Okay. Nice. I love that, that it's open to the public. That's great. Yes, it is. Now, what about the kids who don't behave? Do you have a Krampus? <laughs> we have the Grinch, and he's the oh, Grinch. Okay, all right. That'll do the it. The Grinch comes to party, and they these kids are like, oh, my goodness, no. Yeah, the reaction is usually not great when the kids see a Grinch roll up in a costume. It's, it's he not usually pretty. the kids on the train, and it was scaring them. He was like actually acting like he was running behind the train, and they kept looking at the driver, go faster. I feel like you could. You should not use that in your tagline or slogan for a track. Yeah, I was going to say, probably don't want to use that in your promotional material. <laughs> probably not. Probably. So funny. Okay, I would love to hear from Caitlin and hear about all of the things that they've had going on at Kibby Creek and hear about their expansion and what that's looked like in, in this kind of semi-new climate with labor shortages and delays on materials and all those kinds of things. For sure, yeah. It's been, let's just say that for the last two years, it's been pretty crazy. So the expansion is something we've been planning on it for about five or six years now. We bought the property, I think, six six years ago. It was 28. In total, our park will be about the size of, I think it's 382 sites after we're done. So it's 
definitely crazy. Now, my so I married into the family. My father-in-law bought the place. He's been working here since, I think, 1981. And then he bought the place in the 90s. And, and back then, the original park was just, oh, I'd say it's probably, oh, I don't know exact numbers. I want to say somewhere between 120 to 150 sites. And then he added another 100 in 2001. And he said, if I ever think I'm going to do this again, somebody slap me. But we didn't. And so here we are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's been a long time in the making. And we've tried to plan well ahead of time. We wanted to like know that this is where we wanted things. This is how many sites. This is what we were going to include. But then it all just, even though it's been building up for so long, it all just hit right at once. It was like all of a sudden the construction team was ready and we were rearing to go. And we were like, oh, okay, here we go. When they came, when they started getting the sites ready, it was about January of last year. And they told us uh, that it was going to probably be, I don't know, three months total time to get it done. That's funny. It ended up that our sites were not actually really ready until the end of our camping season this year. In fact, they didn't lay the final asphalt for the roads until after we closed in October. So it in general, so we like my husband and I personally, we have been waiting on a house as well. And it has taken it was supposed to be done in August. It's not done yet. So just in general, the industry of expanding and building and that is definitely slow. I know it always is. I think that even before things had changed, contractors like it always ends up taking longer than you expect. There's always hiccups. There's always this. There's always that. But even more so right now, for sure, like the lead time of ordering things makes us really nervous. We, our sites are basically ready. The only thing is we are hardwiring internet into every other. And so that is mostly finished. They have a one thing to finish off in the spring, but everything's been hydroceded. The cement, we have pads and patios on this section. The most of our park is not that way, but this section has pads and patios. That's all done. So it's ready. But we have a bathhouse to build yet. We're also going to be putting in a new lodge. And this isn't like a lodge to stay in. It's more so like a, a store. So we're going to have, we're going to move our merchandise over there. We sell a lot of merchandise, like uh, sweatshirts and beanies and sweatpants and t-shirts, like uh, we go through more than that than I would have ever imagined doing as a camp. So we're going to have a big section for that. We'd love to expand because honestly, the only reason we don't sell more is because we haven't had enough space in our store. We're excited to sell things like toys and stuff like that because we started selling like the TY toys two years ago, I believe now, and that went crazy. So we, we want to expand on that as well. And then we're going to have a full cafe. So we have, we currently do ice cream and stuff, but on a pretty small scale, but we're going to do both soft serve and, and hard serve ice cream. And then we're going to have a cafe. We're going to do things like pizza and that sort of thing. That's going to be in the lodge. Originally, we were going to have an indoor and outdoor pool. We've decided against the indoor pool. This, we are still going for the outdoor pool. So this will be our third pool and it's going to be much bigger. It's probably going to be twice the size of our current pool. It'll be a zero entry walk-in pool with splash pad features, that sort of thing with a hot tub in the middle. So that'll be pretty cool. What are, excuse me, what are some of the 
say the factors that you consider when you're trying to determine, okay, we wanted to do indoor and outdoor pool. Now we're going to do outdoor. We also want a splash pad. We also want the hot tub. Expanding your cafe offerings, is it things that you guys desire as owners or is it things, feedback that you're getting from guests of what they really want to see? Sure. I'd say it's a little bit of both. We believe here for sure, especially with seven owners and everything, we believe that doing things that we're passionate about actually serves our customers best. So if we are passionate and excited about about doing pizzas or whatever, like if we love to cook or we love to bake, our customers, like we're going to do it well. So our customers are going to love it. So we believe in general, like you can pretty much incorporate anything that you can dream of in a campground that you would offer by loving what you do. So that's for sure something that we definitely take into consideration. My brother-in-law, he loves to cook. He makes these awesome wood, like he wants to do a wood stove, like fire pizza, like that sort of thing. He loves it. And so it will be a top-notch kind of thing that people will love. But then also we take into consideration every time we go on vacation as a family, which is all of us. So that's 14 people every time and it's a little crazy. But every time we go somewhere, we're paying attention to what's popular. What did our kids love? We have children. So from seven to newborn, we have children right now and we pay attention to what did they love? What did we love as parents that they could go do while we enjoyed it or those sorts of things? We pay attention to that and our experience. And we're like, oh, I just didn't appreciate this. Or, oh, I loved that. I want to have that at our park. We do reach out. We talk to our seasonals probably more than our transient campers about what they would like and those sorts of things. But even there's a, we have a big group of foster care families that love to come camp here. And they just want a swing set really bad. And it's not, we have a playground. Actually, we have two playgrounds, but we don't have a swing set. So we heard that. We heard you are loyal to us. You're our customer and you love being here, but you could really use a swing set here. So we're going to make that happen for you kind of thing. So it's definitely a combination. We want to hear what our campers want, but sometimes it's like hard to get that feedback. So then we just try to pay attention to even like other amenities. So as far as washing machines go. So we have laundry here, but we just do quarter laundry. And while we went on vacation with our young kids and we're camping and we're realizing, oh my goodness, I hate having to figure out quarters. I need a card. I need to be able to use my credit card. I don't care what I'm paying for it because I just need to be able to do this and it needs to be convenient for me. So we recognize that and then we take it and go, that's what we need to do at our campground. Yeah, that's leaning into, again, what you're saying you love, right? Number one, I remember going to a campground in Natural Bridge, Virginia. It's since switched owners, but they had a brother-in-law who lived on property who loved doing survival stuff and was in like the army or something. And and so he would teach survival classes and how to cook yeah. in the wild and do all kinds of different things. And that would be fun. Attraction. Yeah, but he <laughs> loved it and his passion came through and yeah. thus the guest experience cool. followed that. And we're talking about just looking at technology too. There was a discussion in one of the groups about QR codes and laundry machines too. I think it's yeah. really important to just touch on the fact that Caitlin is visiting other properties and going to other campgrounds. And, and I think a lot of operators tend to, by the time our season is over, we're ready to not be in a campground, but there's a ton of value sure. in Kind of learning from what other folks are doing around you and and how valuable it is to uh take the time to to visit other parks and 
Absolutely. We definitely prefer to camp when we go on vacation, mostly because of that. Like we can enjoy it and we can learn. And then even sometimes like we go to places like Great Wolf Lodge and those sorts of things. There's even things there that we can learn, even though that's not a campground. We can just say, I really appreciated this about vacation. And so I think that's so smart. Yeah. All right. What else we got? I, and I'll say too, this is a treat to have Caitlin on here. A fun little story is I grew up actually camping at Kibby Creek and my parents still camp there and they're going to be, um, they've never been a seasonal before, but they decided they're going to give it a try. And so they are looking forward to being a seasonal. And my mom was excited. She called and she's like, I, we got our site assignment. And so I'm really looking forward to coming and seeing the actual expansion this summer and, you know, visiting yeah. with my parents and and seeing it, it's been a while since I've been there, but I love the Ludington area. It's such a cute town and yeah. you have Lake Michigan Lakeshore, which is always beautiful. Yeah, and for yeah, sure. so we love our location because we're right in between Ludington and Pentwater, which are both tourist towns here. Yeah. They're both on Lake Michigan. We're seven minutes from downtown one way to the other. And wow. so it's really nice because we're like, we're in it all, but we're not. We're off the beaten path in a way still. So, yeah, um, very good to offer quiet location. Yeah. 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 And, and not too when, far from Silver Lake. I'm sorry. I think no. we have a delay. I'm so sorry. Oh, <laughs> you guys right. are not too far from Silver Lake. <laughs> draw. Yeah, we are not. I think we are probably 20 minutes from Silver Lake. So yeah, we do. Not, we have some people who come camp here to go take advantage of the dunes for sure. But. Yeah, yeah. And then when you come for like the, so we're feeling nervous right now. This is, a, there's so much for us to be figuring out because we're going for, we're adding 130 some sites right now. So like mm-hmm. it's going to be a whole new adventure for us. We're going to need more staff and we're going to have to readjust what our, like our management tier looks like. We're as a family of seven, we're in the nitty gritty of every day, much like every other campground owner. And so we do all of this stuff, but we're going to have to probably step back a little bit now and in higher management positions and trust people. And that's a hard thing when you take so much in your park to trust somebody else to do it to your standards. We've been really fortunate. We've actually never advertised for help. We've never had to like search for, we've always had people recommended to us. Family, we have Two families where a mother and daughter work and then a mother and her two daughters work for us. So it's a cool thing. And this year, luckily, we weren't hit by the staff shortage and that sort of stuff. We were really fortunate. But we have now reached out as we're trying to figure out our new dynamics for management and and how many more staff we're going to need to cover. I I don't think that our lodge is going to be done yet. I'd love to think so. It's possible, but knowing how things have gone I expect it won't be ready until end but anyway staffing that sort of thing we started reaching out to our staff are you coming back what's your plan and uh, we're hearing a lot of actually I'm working here or actually this and so we're starting to feel the nerves for that (laughs) for sure but yeah come back for camping it, it may it you may experience like all the new stuff that's coming like all of our the lodge and that sort of stuff but you might not and it's hard for us to be in that middle point too to tell our new seasonals what to expect and growing pains are really tough I always used to (laughs) joke about my campground being like my third baby where just 
it's like another kid where you just have all this pride and stuff. It's really hard to let go of some of the the reins a little bit and find somebody you trust to hand that stuff over to. I, I would argue in terms of expansion and growing your business and stuff, more than all the other hurdles, that's the hardest hurdle yeah. is like finding the people and giving up a bit of the trust. That stuff's really tough. I, I definitely think that's the part that we're most nervous about. And, and there's personal personable stuff that you might lose too like we are there so like my brother-in-law for example he's there when everybody checks in he's the one that handles everybody's tabs he knows you when you come to order your ice cream like those sorts of things and you lose a little bit of that like very personable touch and expanding is important and it's necessary for us as a a big family but man it's hard because you take pride in those personable things absolutely agree yeah i i completely relate it's tough All right. Do we want to jump into a year in review here, Angela? Do we have more that we want to cover with Caitlin or Jane? I think we can jump into a year in review and I would love for them to to chime in and contribute. I think that we can all speak to all the different things that we've seen throughout the industry this year. Okay, go ahead. Where do you want to start at? Okay, then. Um, okay. I... <laughs> I know I was supposed to skim this list and I admittedly skimmed it really fast. Before <laughs> yeah, so, it's okay. I had a feeling that might happen. But, so yeah, What I'm really saying is I dropped the ball and so please pick it up and run with it so I don't look <laughs> terrible on the show. You know what? I got it. I got it. I would love to just touch on, I think a big thing this year is that conference are back. A lot of them are back in person, which I think is, is exciting. I think that there's been a desire for that, especially since this industry that's very much get out of your house, get outdoors, um, and, and that sort of thing. It's been nice to see all of the conferences back. Some are back, most are back in person. There are some that are uh, hybrid or uh, virtual, which I think is awesome too. I think it's great that so many people are trying to innovate to still be able to provide that valuable education to their membership, even though maybe regulations or logistics or something are preventing them from being able to be in, in person. Yeah, you bring up a good point. And actually, I don't know if Angela, you can screen share real quick. We can just cover this, um, but the Campground Owners Expo starts today in Branson. I don't know if we want to take a peek awesome. at the website or we just want to skip that for now, but you can if you want to pull it up. It starts today. It's the first one ever that's being held. And I think it's a conglomeration of, I want to say 12 or 13 states. I can't remember exactly, but Lori Severson is organizing it along with Bud Steyer and a few, obviously, of her talented staff. But she does the Wisconsin convention every year in March, which is a huge success as a bunch of vendors and stuff like that. So that's going on today. We try to get somebody on the show with it, but it's just like bad timing because the show starts really tonight. And so everybody's either busy prepping for it or they're driving to it. And so uh, it was just really hard to get somebody on the show on a Wednesday at 2 o'clock. Do you want to share or no, Angela? Yeah, I am way ahead of you. At least I hope everybody can see it. Yeah, I've got it up. I pulled up the exhibitor and oh, sponsor I like um, page. I don't know if it lists who's actually attending. I don't think so because they usually she usually sends a PDF separately that updates all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I th I'm excited to hear how it goes. It's something mm -hmm. that I would have liked to have attended this year just because it's the inaugural year. But it's really difficult being that it's the week before Christmas. Hmm. Definitely makes it a little more challenging, but but yeah, I'm excited to hear uh, feedback from vendors and attendees as well. One of the interesting things that that I had heard, and I and I've heard it from multiple people now, is that everybody says that these dates are unusual, and I think it's a week later than 
it normally was. And let me explain that uh, by saying that I, I've heard from multiple people that prior to Arvik having their conference in November, Arvik's conference actually used to be in December. And that was for a number of different reasons, including travel schedules and not conflicting with other events and stuff like that. And I don't remember if it's been eight, nine, 10 years, I think, since they moved to November. But from some of the older industry people that have been in the industry, I've heard that it was more well attended in December than it is in November. And I, again, I, obviously that's year over year and there are differences and things like that. And I don't, I'm not sure that it's a huge gap, but it's interesting that the main industry event used to be in December when we talk about these dates. And so I just, I think people aren't used to it, but I've seen and heard a lot of people going in the groups and stuff. So, yeah, I really, I can't, I really am looking forward to seeing what the feedback is on the new expo. I hope it's a huge success for them. Lori puts on a great conference in Wisconsin every year, Lori and, and co, Lori and team. So I'm confident that she's going to do a great job with this too. Sounds like Yeah, I'm excited to see where it builds too. Because again, I'm sure it's going to be well attended and great this year, but I can only imagine year two, three, four, five yeah. as it really gets going. And, I, and who knows if it's in Branson every year, but. Sure. So I also, I want to touch on the virtual conferences. Sorry, lost my train of thought for a second. I wanted to touch on virtual conferences. Starting 2021, CCRVC had a really successful conference with a ton of great education. And I know that BC also had a virtual conference that went really well. And I'm not going to steal the thunder from Kara. So Kara, do you want to announce the exciting news? Yeah, sure. I We are in the very early set. Uh, planning stages, pardon me, of a virtual Canadian Outdoor Hospitality Conference and Expo, uh, which will be happening March 8th to the 10th, 2022. We are super excited to hopefully see a lot of return attendees and lots of new folks, new faces too. We've got a great agenda coming together with what I'm hoping will be a really awesome roster of speakers and stuff again. I know a lot of our members were really hoping to see a personal in-person connected event this year and just with the way things are going up here still we are unfortunately really limited to to be able to do that so we are opting for virtual again we had lots of great feedback about that but accessible to everyone across a broader spectrum of demographic members i think overall it's going to be another really great educational, valuable couple of days for members and non-members alike to to learn and network and all of those things. So I'm super excited. If it's anything like last year, it will be another really successful, fun time. Can't wait. Yeah, I'm super excited to yeah. uh, continue with the with the planning of it all. It's gonna be it's gonna be a great show. I'm confident. Yeah. yeah I think what, what we've learned, and, and we had a great show last year, obviously it was well-received, well-attended. I think it was almost universal, or as universal as you can get, right, with anything. There's never a way to please everybody, but I think we all heard from vendors and attendees that they really like the networking and the engagement and the fact that it's not a static Zoom meeting. I think we can make virtual really, I know we can make virtual really exciting. And then when we get back to, to being in person, to whether that's a hybrid or whatever in 2023, that uh, I think there's just a lot of room to grow do all kinds of amazing things up here so yeah i really foresee it ending up in a hybrid format moving forward we did have a lot of response from individuals who said i wouldn't make the time to attend a person in-person conference but i definitely love that i can do this kind of on my own schedule and fit the days in but not be away from my business and those kinds of things i think a hybrid would be the best way to appeal to the broadest range of members 
And so I'm excited to see that happen in 2023. Sending out all the good vibes for that. <laughs> I definitely well, I agree that hybrid would definitely appeal to most people because I love going, mm-hmm. uh, but we hardly ever get to manage it with having all the littles and then running the business. And it's 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 basically impossible for us right now, but we yeah. could really use the information. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. I think. Uh, hybrid's the way to go so we'll do one more one more round of virtual and if anybody has any suggestions for what they'd like to see during that conference in march please reach out to me i'm we're happy to get that stuff in the books we're planning as we speak literally as we speak planning all kinds of cool fun things to happen over those three days so super excited i think it's really fascinating like as as negative as some of the things during the pandemic have been, or most of the things, there are little nuggets of things that have come out that have really helped us improve services and things that we offer and customer service and different aspects too. And I think virtual is one of those ways where we still want to be in person and eventually we want to do these hybrids, but offering the best of both worlds to people who can't travel or are too busy or who have kids like Caitlin said or whatever. And then the continuing education throughout the year that you're able to offer by not always having to rent the building and provide catering and have people fly in and all those kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible member value for sure. I completely. Another exciting thing that's back coming up in 20. 2022 are the RV shows. It's been a little bit since we've had those just because of proximity and cramming people into units to tour them and that sort of thing. So that's very exciting too. There's a lot of really great new units on the market and we've seen sales, RV sales just increase exponentially over the last year and a half or so. And yeah, that's a great advantage for people that are in the market. We have a lot of the RV shows listed on the Modern Campground website. We have um, an event feature. Pull it up. We can share the calendar. She's working on it. What if you just know that I have it right here, ready to go? I got to toggle the little button. I forgot I had to do that last time. She can't just screen share, so... Oh, uh, right here, raring to go. See, Look at that. It's I a beaut. The, I have an important role here. I don't actually contribute, but I toggle the screen. Yeah, I have to say in here in Canada, we have had a couple of our RV shows get canceled recently. So that's really disappointing. We do have a few still in the calendar. And, and so we're holding out hope that those will stay stay on the calendar. But yeah, right now we had the Manitoba RV show was just recently canceled. But I think a couple of jurisdictions are choosing to not yet go down the RV show road. But here in Alberta, Calgary and Edmonton RV shows are announced and planning for those are are well underway. I actually just had a shipment of brochures delivered for the Alberta Campground Owners Association. We're prepping materials and stuff to hand out during those shows. I think some dealers are struggling a little bit on the inventory front, having uh, their hands on new models to display and stuff has been a bit more of a hurdle this year than I think in the past. But overall, planning is going well in, in in the events that are definitely moving forward. Definitely. I say definitely. I shouldn't say definitely. <laughs> no, no. It's recorded now. It's live streaming. <laughs> so. yeah. Can't backtrack that. I wish I could say definitely. But at this point, as we speak today, those shows are definitely happening. I know Shane and Shannon and the team at CRVA is working on the Toronto spring camping and RV show in March. Our fingers and toes and everything are crossed and planning is... How do you cross your... Can you literally cross your toes? I can't. 
I'm looking here trying. I'm trying to do it. I, can't. I don't know that's a relevant topic of discussion for today's show. I don't think that was well, about the agenda. Not, but I'm just wondering <laughs> if my toes are fat or whether it's a thing that only I can do. Or... I have an urgent to feet. So if we could just not talk about them, that would be <laughs> fantastic. Fine. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> I'm Googling it after the show. I want to know. Yeah. So I can do it. What you Google is your business. So I don't need to know about it. One of the other things that I want to touch on is we've seen a lot of natural disasters and things like that affecting people's seasons from the consumer side of making the decision whether or not they want to travel to those areas and risk not actually being able to camp. And also from the park owner side of having to limit the number of sites or potentially close their properties. I've seen a lot of wildfires and different flooding and things like that too. So I think that's something really important to note this year and all of the properties that have overcome those struggles. There was a really large, there was also a really large fire in Abbotsford at their RV facility that we saw that I think was triggered by flooding in the area. Is that correct? Yeah, we have uh, several campgrounds yeah. in that area in BC uh, who still have a, a bit of water on their on their property, which is tough at this time of the year when things are freezing and oh. and stuff. They'll have highway closures, several highways, several highway accidents were wiped right out by that flood. But yeah, that flood did spark that fire at Fraserway RV uh, in Abbotsford, which is terrible. I know they had significant loss there and that entire region is still under state of emergency which was expanded to just after christmas now the other day and they continue to remediate probably uh, uh, there's estimates that those roadways won't probably be open before the spring that's having impacts on again supply chain stuff moving construction and shipping materials and all of those things is all being impacted lots of domino effect from that for sure Janie, yeah, do you have any Janie, do you have any experience at Marvel with the flooding that I know I don't know if that was pre you arriving? I know some of it was, but have you had any issues with that during your time as the manager yet? No, I have not. I saw the pictures and it was pretty bad. They had to Yeah, there's a drone video that's really uh yeah. from a couple of years ago. Yes, that's what I saw. Not since I've been here. I came from a small town. The job I had before was at Lake Eufaula, and it was a big, and so I've experienced, been through that. Eufaula flooded, and it flooded with Jellystone. I worked for Jellystone that was set up on the shores of Lake Eufaula, and I've been through a flood there, and that was a couple of years ago, and it was horrible, and everybody, I was like, okay, I'm going to Marvell, I'm going to a new campground, and I won't have to worry about that, but I guess it, it it does, it has flooded here two or three really bad times to where it, they had to litter, all of our seasonal people had to move out. And, but I haven't had, I haven't had to deal with that here yet. I hope not. We're crossing our fingers for you. Yeah. Did you see that drone video? Yeah, we were. Yeah. It was the previous owner before they recently sold. But yeah, it was bad. Yes. We, we don't have to face too much as far as natural disasters go but this year we did get our biggest windstorm ever it took out the most amount of tree damaged a couple of cars wow. and in one particular case one of our seasonals had walked out to see what was going on and one of our giant like giant pines fell and pinned him between himself oh and his camper oh man and 
Fortunately, all he ended up with was a couple of broken ribs. And actually, had he not opened the door at that time, his wife and daughter would have been trapped in the camper. So that was a bit intense for us. And at the time, we had just sent my mother-in-law and father-in-law to Alaska for vacation. So it was a bit crazy. And we had the most most damage we've ever had in our park from anything like that. We had lots of trees uprooted and just everywhere. But honestly, like it was hard, but it was... One of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. We had transient seasonals, all of them. Just what can I do to help? We help and we just fed everybody and everybody picked up a rake and we pulled out the trailer. And I mean, it was was quite amazing to see. (laughs) I think my parents were, I think my parents may have been at the property when that happened. Yeah. Or they were, I know that they were camping at that time. I think they were, I think they were there because it had tore, it had gone through, wasn't it a tornado or something through Baldwin? Oh yeah. Yeah. Or like it was that whole huge storm and yeah, they were just talking. I don't know if it was classified as a tornado, but but it was, yeah, Baldwin got hit really bad and and we were really fortunate because lots of places like Baldwin were out of power for a long time. Yeah. Um, But we got, we had, just were out power for about 24 hours so yeah See, this is something i think the industry can help with more and i know that good people like that and foundations exist like the arctic foundation and i'm sure koa has something for that and i just don't know the name of it and i know other organizations do as well i'm sure ccrbc does in some capacity do they Kara? no or, or resources to direct people to your help <laughs> we, right? i know that they're helping yeah. Yeah, we do make sure to provide any sort of support or services. And the last several, I can only speak for the years I've been involved with CCRBC, but every time there's kind of been a disaster or an issue, they have offered support in various ways, financially and with added work and all of those things. It's tough for sure to feel or try to plan for anything like this and, and have a pl- have plans in place, but certainly valuable. And I think a necessity, it seems like. I want to explore more of that in 2022, not just on the show and modern campground, but just the ways that the industry can maybe come together and figure out ways to help parks who are impacted by natural disasters. I was looking yeah. at these tornadoes in Kentucky and seeing some of the damage that came through some of there was there's somebody in Mark Kep's group who was posting uh, all the pictures and the damage and they said something like only 50 out of their 130 or some site 13 sites or whatever were undamaged wow. uh, it was a really big thing and I think that, that yes there's a as Caitlin's saying there's a there's interest in all kinds of people instantly boots on the ground helping wherever they can uh, mm-hmm. obviously there's insurance that comes into play for some of this stuff although some of it isn't covered i remember reading the post from that same campground where like they, they were saying unless the tree fell on a building it wasn't covered by their insurance for removal wow. or something like that so it's just but i think there's ways that like company just using myself as an example for insider perks where i volunteered to help with marketing to help them send press releases and to communicate with the media and to whatever they need and so i think there's opportunities not just for suppliers like me but other people who can maybe generate generate or lend their expertise i saw i think it was wild energy was talking about like maybe donating some of their meters if they already had meters so i think there's just ways that we can maybe band together and help even greater than we already are Yeah, absolutely. One of the other things that I want, I know we're running out of time, but one of the other things that I think is really big for the industry that happened this year is the U.S. and Canada border reopened for everyone. And so that's been, I think, a great. Is it still, is it still open? I know Trudeau is going to talk about something today. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Like, I think it's going to stay open, but I think there's. 
I think there was rumors that they were going to do some more travel research. Gotcha. Too. Last I knew, it was open, and so that's really Last exciting. I know too. So yes, let's be excited <laughs> while we the still southern can. Parks. Yeah, so it's currently open to fully vaccinated citizens. They there's been some travel announcements regarding rapid testing. So they're going to probably re-require rapid testing at border entries of everybody. Yeah, they're doing that now, right? Just the United States is currently accepted from that. If you're coming from the United States, you don't have to be tested at the airport, but I think every other country already does. Yeah, I yeah. I, I would have to look closer because I did see an announcement this morning about uh, land border process, crossing requiring uh, rapid testing for entry. Uh, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. I just remember reading about airports. So many rolling changes. I know there was announcements in Alberta this morning, but I haven't heard the federal announcement. I think it's later this afternoon. Yeah. I don't think he's yeah. made it yet. So, yep. well, all of that to say that at some point this year, even if it's closed again, the border reopened. <laughs> <laughs> Some of, the, some of the Canadian <laughs> snowbirds could go south again, which I know there was a really huge desire for that. And a lot of people uh, really missed out on being able to take their vacations that they look forward to every year. So, and vice versa, people from the States being able to go and take their trips in Canada and that sort of thing. That's definitely an exciting thing for the industry. And hopefully we can continue navigating that and keep it as open as possible so that we enjoy each other's outdoor hospitality industry. Yeah, all the borders really. And I know we're running out of time. We'll wrap it up in a second with closing thoughts, but just all the borders, right? The European travelers that used to come to Carrie's campground, all those, we want all of it open. Canada's great and U.S. is great, but we want everybody to be able to travel and experience the outdoors wherever they want to and they can. All right. We have any closing thoughts? Caitlin, Janie, you're our two guests here today. So anything you guys want to wrap up with, talk about, things you're excited for 2022? I am nervous and excited for our expansion personally, but I, I think just in general, like what a time to be a campground owner. Exactly. So it's yeah. just the industry is so booming and it's like yeah. hard to to wrap my head around. Like we really, if we would have had those sites open in the beginning of spring, they would have all been full. Like we we are turning people away left and right now. And it's just it's a it's difficult, but what a beautiful problem to have, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think basically the same thing. It's just in the last couple of years, it's just been so busy and just the different people that getting out, wanting to be outdoors, wanting to, in our industry is just blown up and I love seeing it and I love working in it. And it's just, it's a great time. Like you said, it's a great time to be, to be working in this industry right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. Angela, what are you looking forward to in 2022 for the industry? I'm just looking forward to seeing everything continuing to expand so quickly yeah. so quickly yes because that's great but also i know campgrounds are overwhelmed in staffing shortages and those kinds yes. of things too but yeah just looking forward to watching everything continue to just really explode and see what kinds of new things come out of all of this too new uh, products from suppliers and new styles of units as they as more people enter the industry that have a different idea of yes what camping and glamping looks like so oh yeah i mean all of that. Yeah. It's what a time to be in the industry, like Caitlin said. Yeah. It's, it's really changing right now. I feel like as well, like what used to be the industry of just like offering a spot for them to come stay. Like we have, we had to turn into basically this destination spot. Like yeah. you come here to enjoy your time 
here, yeah. not just stay here and enjoy and, the town and, and enjoying the town. Yeah, it's yeah. completely different. Right. The dynamic has you has facilitated you guys being raising the bar in your properties better compete with each other, and so that's resulting in this really enhanced level of experience for guests. And then that has this snowball effect of making more people want to camp because it's so great and, and they want to get involved in the experience too. And, and so that d demand drive is making you guys a bit competitive and that's having such great results in the industry for sure. Yeah, right. What are you looking forward to in 2022? What I'd really like to see are a, a shift. We've focused so much recently in the last couple of years on this short-term recovery planning stuff. And I would like to see us start to address some bigger problems around things like staffing and, and some fundamental kind of industry barrier regulatory things. So I guess just taking our recovery stuff to the next step and addressing some of the bigger problems that have maybe not maybe weren't born out of this the last couple of years drama, but certainly have been exacerbated by them and, and starting to address those to help bolster the industry even more. Awesome. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you joining us. Did we lose somebody? I think we may have lost. JD uh -oh. had, she had something she had to run to in the next hour. Okay, cool. Thank you all for joining us. Really appreciate it. Again, are we, Angela, are we doing a show next week? Have we, um, like, I'm going to put you on the spot the, here. That's the hope. I, I'm diligently working on it. Anybody that's watching, if you have any really awesome Christmas offerings, holiday offerings at your property, we're trying to put together an evening show to celebrate Christmas. People are busy, think, so having a hard time getting people to respond. And 90% so. <laughs> of parks are closed or something yeah, like yeah. that, 90%, yeah. but it's so, significant. Shameless more shameless plug, you know where to find me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, think, I think what we're going to do, I think we're going to do is we're just going to say we're going to do a show. I think we've, we've got one at least confirmed and a couple others that are probably in. So let's just say we're going to do a show. Can we do that, Angela? Can we just be brave? I like to be brave. Yes, we're having let's a show. Be brave. We're going to do a show. It's going to have Christmas lights and maybe some blow up inflatables and different things that are going to be planned that are secret now. So uh, but that will be next Wednesday. I know next Wednesday at nine Eastern. 7 p.m. Mountain, 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 Mountain, 6 Pacific. And we're doing it that way because it'll be dark and people can show their lights, but also so the Pacific Coast, West Coast can be done with their dinners and stuff like that. We will see you for a show then. We'll have uh, some good Feeling fun. Feeling very Other... festive. That's past my bedtime in this Eastern time zone. Just right. That's past my bedtime Mountain time. That's 7 p.m. Some spiked cocoa or eggnog will be yeah. on the menu that night. Oh, eggnog, eggnog's <laughs> on the menu. We're going to have eggnog. We're going to have some liquor and mixing classes that we might do. And oh. I don't know how it's going to come out. So I got to keep it fr family friendly here. <laughs> yeah. okay, it's at nine o'clock. The kids are in bed. Well, they should be anyway. I wasn't when I was a kid. I was a bad kid. But all right. Anyway, we got to wrap this up. Everybody's got to go. So thank you. I really appreciate you guys joining us for another episode of MC Fireside Chat. I appreciate uh, it. Janie, Caitlin, really appreciate it. I'm sure we'll have you guys back on the shows in the future. Uh, Angela and Kara, as always, as a reminder, we're available as a podcast. You can watch this episode on MC Fireside Chats as soon as I get it up, which will hopefully be later this afternoon. And we will see you next week for our Christmas episode. So take care, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. 
Thanks for watching this episode of MC Fireside Chats, hosted by Brian Searle and Kara Sismadia. Have a suggestion for a future show or want to see your campground or company as part of an episode? Email us at hello at moderncampground.com. Join us next week for another episode. And don't miss the latest outdoor hospitality news and commentary from around the world at moderncampground.com.